welcome back one and all to the next episode in our Game of the Year coverage 2017 for Rocket Punch. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Kearns, here alongside my partner in crime, Mr. Will Turkhurst. Will, what's going on today? Wrecking Fools um, in Overwatch, uh, progressively getting better. Okay. So, um, 2016 Game of the Year for Rocket Punch. Uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Don't care what the other half said at the time. It's still best game of that year. Oh, you know what? No, they're not here anymore. So we could retroactively like fix. Oh. No, no, it's called retconning. <laughs> yeah, we could retcon that. We just cut all of their voices out of the other episodes. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. great. Uh, no, I'm not doing that work. <laughs> you can't pay me enough to do that work. <laughs> well, now it starts the next couple of episodes in our game of the year coverage. You ready for this? Yeah, man. Um, about as ready as I was going into that Dragon Ball Fighters game last night. And oh boy, don't tell me I haven't played it. Don't I haven't, haven't, haven't had a chance to yet. Let so. me tell you something. I get destroyed because I didn't know there was a tutorial mode. I'm like, what does each button do? <laughs> How do you do things? I literally went. It was like, oh, I've tried to figure this out as I play. Yeah, n- n- don't do that. Well, I, apparently, I ran into some like pro level dude. I didn't land a single punch. He uh, Super Saiyan three Kamehameha me to death. Twice. He was having way too much fun. But unfortunately, that's a 2018 game. We're talking about 2017 games. Are we sure about that? Oh, we, well, yes. It's game of the year 2017. The oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, so it's PUBG, right? Anyway, <laughs> we'll get, we'll, believe me, we'll have that conversation here soon enough. But guys, if you did not know, if you're joining us for the first time, this is one of the first game of the year episodes you're joining us with. We're going to give you the quick rundown and the housekeeping. Then we're going to jump to some of our deliberations, as we like to call them. So if you did not know, first and foremost, welcome to the Rocket Punchcast. This is the Rocket Punchcast, where groups of friends come around this table and talk about video games into microphones. Uh, For the month of January, we are doing our special Game of the Year 2017 coverage. How that works is that for our Game of the Year, we have 10 different categories in total. Um, Each week, each Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we will release a new episode over on our podcast feed um, that you can definitely find on iTunes, Google Play, your podcast service of choice to listen to. Um, basically, those episodes entail we're going to sit, we're sitting at this table, we're going to be deliberating over the chosen nominees that we have and decide who takes home the grand prize award for that particular category. Now, breaking that down is how that works with our nominees. Each category does have six nominees. Our goal is we're going to talk about each of those nominees, then we're going to whittle that down between myself and Will to our three finalists. And from those three finalists in the winner's circle, we are going to have one game to rule them all, as we like to say. Throwing a little Lord of the Rings reference there for Funny our enough, fans. I'm uh, rereading Two Towers right now. There you go. See, I knew that. It was a, some, a part of me in my brain that knew that was going on, so I made the reference for you. Yeah, man. No, dude, there, there was like six Lord of the Rings references yesterday, and they didn't come from me. And I'm just sitting here like, Tolkien's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, the cool thing about this is, well, most of our uh, episodes will be, au- well, all of our episodes will be on audio format podcast services around the globe. But if you do want to watch us live, we are going to have a few of those episodes streamed every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. So if you want to see us actually go right at it and talk and see these deliberations in action, definitely make sure you swing there every Sunday night throughout the month of January, and which is all going to culminate into our final Game of the Year episode, which is going to be at the on the last Sunday of January over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. But 
as you're listening to this and watching this, if you're, well, we're not streaming this episode. So if you're listening to this episode, you want to know more about our game of the year coverage, got a little confused by the rundown we just gave, gave you there. You can always go to rocketpunchgo.com slash G-O-T-Y. Or just, you know, easily enough, go to our main page, rocketpunchco.com. You'll be able to see the Game of the Year link right at the top of the screen. You can go straight there. It's going to give you all of our coverage there, so you'll be able to see all of our categories. And as we release each episode, you'll be able to see all of our winners and go directly to that episode. So that way you can kind of hear the deliberations and see how we got to the decisions that we made here. Because they're they're not just some, like, flip of the coin at least not yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that point where we're sitting here arguing afterwards. Like, fine, just flip the coin and move on. <laughs> like right out like some football game. Like heads, uh, Will, you're going to call heads or tails? Tail? Oh, okay. No, no, we're not there yet. Funny but enough, you, they do that at the beginning, not at the end. That's true. That's weird how that works. <laughs> but who knows? This week, this week for week two could be a little bit different here. We'll find out. Let's jump right into things, guys. Now, before we do jump in and get started... We do also want to definitely give a shout out to all of our patrons, everybody who's supporting us over at patreon.com slash rocket punch. They're really helping rocket punch and kind of what we do, keep this ball rolling, keep the lights on as we'd like to say. And we, we definitely want to give them a shout out um, for helping and supporting the show. If you're, if you're loving the content, loving what we do again, patreon.com slash rocket punch. Great way to help support the show. Uh, number two thing as well in talking about game of the year, we do run into points sometimes where we may have to reveal certain spoilers to get our point across or for or against certain games in the category here. Um, if that is the case, Will and I have agreed that we will do our best to um, give spoiler warnings ahead of time for people so that way we don't spoil anything if you're really excited and have not had a chance to play these games yet, which if you haven't, I feel really bad for you. These are some really great games. But... Let's, now, ju- let's spoil everything. Yes, yeah, spoil everything. No, no, no. Well, some uh, of these we haven't finished yet. Taking all the fun <laughs> out of the job. <laughs> but for now, let's jump into this <clears throat> episode's category, which is best indie. Let me swing over to the webpage here because what we like to do, guys, is we do like to, first and foremost, give you guys a quick rundown of what we're talking about when we talk about each category and what we're looking for in a winner. So, um, Kind of the criteria for best indie and what we mean. This is going to be for a game recognized for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside of the traditional publisher system. So these games, you're not going to see these big tag titles, like no EAs, no Activision. EA Sports. It's not in the game. (laughs) Yeah, it's not in this game right now. It's in the microtransactions. (laughs) We already had that conversation. But uh, you, these are going to be your indie titles, these your small publishers and developers that are building and making this really big game there. Um, these are going to be the games, and this is really the one that we, Will and myself, kind of agree on as the, kind of the culmination of 2017, one of the best indie games of this past year that we really, really enjoyed. So let's go through the nominees real quick, and then we'll get right into the down and dirty. The nominees for... Rocket Punch's Game of the Year 2017 Best Indie Award are Cuphead, Comico, Hellblade, hmm. Cinema Sacrifice, Not Surprised, Little Nightmares, Sonic Mania, and What Remains of Edith Finch. So, let's jump right into the conversations with our first game on the docket here, Cuphead. 
it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Cuphead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had a really good year. Number one, it finally came out. I know this was a game that I think a lot of people, even myself included, was expecting like twenty late twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen, and they kind of went dark for a really long time. Came back in, finally started talking more about the game and released it this year. Well, they had to hire more Chinese artists. Why specifically Chinese artists? Well, everybody outsources everything to China now, don't they? Not all the time. Not all the time. I'm, I'm kidding. I know you are. <laughs> it it, the, I mean, they had to get a lot of animators. I know that initially when the game was pitched, it was really just a boss rush mode. Right. And then when they got feedback, I think at some trade shows like E3 and whatnot, a lot of people were like, oh, it's just a boss rush. Oh, that's kind of... Eh. So I think one of the reasons for kind of stepping out, in the, out of the limelight was to work on some of those run and gun levels. Yeah. Which... As we saw some of like behind the scenes stuff for Cuphead, apparently took a lot more effort than we originally entailed. Especially since like, and one of the incredible things about this game is that every thing is hand drawn. Yes, which it is. definitely tells just like it would have been back in the day when designing and running through that entire game. But Cuphead was just a really fun and, and entertaining and engaging game. Um. I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh, you put on the notes in here. It depends on who you are. I guess, you know, we talked about flip of the coin earlier in the episode, but like it's a flip of the coin. The game is tough. This is not, you're going to look at the art style and be like, Oh man, this is a really, really cool game. But, Oh yeah, no, I mean, it looks cool if you like the art style. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm talking about gameplay. Like, Oh yeah. It will punch you in the gut. Um, yeah, that's the polite way of saying what I was thinking. Um, yeah, that's why I put Dark Souls punishing. Unless you're a masochist, <laughs> do it again. Oh yeah, I mean it's. But it, I will definitely say in playing the game, there is a huge reward factor, just like Dark Souls and like Bloodborne and those other games. When you mm-hmm. do start, when you go into these fights with these bosses, you start learning their patterns. You start figuring out what they're going to do, and. Um, you, then you're able to when you finally get that win you're like yes took him down and i think that's that's really something exciting especially when i remember playing some bosses and after like dying 50 times they all of a sudden throw out some ability or some move they had never shown the entire match and just kind of toss that out there to kind of throw you off even more and frustrate you even more but the gameplay itself makes it makes it very simple but challenging. You really don't have to know if you've played platformers in general before, you know how to jump and shoot. Uh, the, the, the tutorial in the beginning, while pretty quick, does give you a very good rundown, in my opinion, of really showing you the game. And it, I, I think since we're talking about best indie, we're talking about the best indie game as a whole, Studio MDHR, the guys that made this game, I think did a really wonderful job in making this art style and making the challenge not necessarily impossible, but fair. Like the the bosses are hard, but there is a way to beat them. And I think that comes from great game design, especially from an indie studio. That is definitely something to applaud in my opinion. No, I can respect that. I mean, you know, they did do a lot of work in this. It's not just like, yeah, let's make this game and then ruin souls. No, that wasn't their thought process. Yeah. No, not at, not at all. And I really think that 
going in, it was a very, I think Cuphead was a very hyped up game. Like a lot of people were really, really excited for Cuphead. And I think, my opinion, I think they delivered uh, some of the scores that you see around outlets um, kind of sh- reflect that. The game that I played uh, and all the bosses that I fought before really reflect that. I think that if you're a, you want a challenge and you're a big platformer fan, I think Cuphead is definitely in your wheelhouse, hundred uh, percent. I think a lot of people have enjoyed it. it one, of, it, it's on, it's a nominee on this list, so it's definitely one of the best games this year. One of the best indie games that we've seen, and I think just that overall impressive job. I mean, like we talked, you, you mentioned earlier about the art, like the the work alone that an indie dev. Remember that this is an indie developer put in to getting the art style right and going so far as to we're going to hand draw this art and animate it that way. You think about one of the things you have to remember within any developer is that you're thinking about cost and overhead and the fact you imagine how much money they had to pay, whether they got their own animators in house or they went and outsourced to a company to pay to get get the animation done. done. Like the amount of money that went in for that, it's not a small chunk of change. No, not, not at all. Not by a long shot. Now, I'm sure that they had help from Microsoft, which <laughs> I'm sure they were very grateful for. But even so, it it really speaks to the commitment that they made to stick with the hand-drawn art instead of saying, you know, maybe just like, oh, this is a little too much money or a little too much work. Let's go ahead and cave and let's just go ahead and do digitally. They didn't sacrifice their vision. And I definitely appreciate them for that. I think that it really showed in the final product and that's why it's on this list. No, they did a phenomenal job. Um, Anything else to say about Cuphead? Yeah, like like I said, it's, uh, the art style is not for everybody. But it, Say uh, from watching you play, it's a tight game. Yes, I know you've been a, you've been an avid fan of not appreciating the art style for this game, which is cool. No, no, I mean that art style. It, I I honestly believe it was better left in the Walt Disney archives, never to be seen again. Disney is rolling over in his grave right now. That's fine. He can keep rolling. Let's jump over to game number two. Okay, um, Comico. All right. This is I've talked for majority of the episodes. It's now your turn. Talk. Give me. Yeah. Give me the lowdown because I'm going to tell you. Will I've played zero percent of this game. That's okay. Give me the pitch. So this is an eight sixteen bit like in that range uh, game on the Switch. It's like five bucks. Um, so it's from a smaller studio. The big thing about it is it's more retro styled there. So it's one of those games where you can keep playing through it, but you have different heroines you choose from. So they're all maidens, and you have to choose, do I want an archer, do I want a big sword, you know, shield sword kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And as you, you know, go through, you know, you're all about unlocking these different points on the map to be able to continue. So it's a big puzzle with lots of murdering small creatures and then bigger creatures depending on, you know, where you're at and what you're trying to get done. Put it on this list because I have not had more fun playing a little game like this in mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. It's more about the challenge because you can sprint and do all that stuff. Um, it makes me think of what was the game you were going gaga about a 
a couple years ago. Maybe Heart Machine. I can't remember. That oh, Hyperlight Drifting. Yeah. So it made yeah, me feel so like good. it was an inexpensive version of that. It, 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 I was going to say, I'm looking at some of the images. One of the, the art style itself does look like a simpler version of Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. Um, maybe not in much detail, but still, I mean. It, oh, it, there, there's not a, anywhere near as much detail as that game, but I did have a lot of fun playing it. And I still go back and play it occasionally. Yeah. But I can tell you this, big swords in that game do not make for a fun experience. <laughs> really? Why not? Oh, no, dude. You just When you're fighting like 32 freaking uh, little creatures on screen. Mm. Oh, God. It, oh, you mean the Hyperlight? No. You're talking about Comico. In Comico. Then good. It sounds like Hyperlight because it's not fun in Hyperlight either. But no, it, um, the publishers Fly High Works um, there for the game. Uh, giving a synopsis, fight as priestesses called Kamiko in battle against demons while solving puzzles to make your way through the stages. Yeah. Um, now, some of the few things I have heard about the game, it is $5. It's very yeah. inexpensive. It's inexpensive. There's um, not a lot of story there. I was going to say, I heard that the game is short. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's, like I said, it's also 5 bucks. I would not give it like our indie game of the year, but it's definitely worth recognizing. It's like, hey, for 5 bucks, you get a fairly decent experience. I don't know. Some of these games may not be, you know, it may be better than some of the games on these lists. I'm just, I'm just tossing it out there. I would say it's in like the top six for the year. I wouldn't say it's in the top <laughs> oh, three. I see what you did there. That was cute. That was cute. It, um, but no, you said you had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. What's, what's the combat like? So it can be fast paced or slow depending on how you take it. Um, I actually, in this game, prefer the archer. Okay. And just because you can zip around, you don't really have an up close melee, but you can, shoot multiple arrows in different sequences okay so for me as far as that way goes it was a fairly responsive game i was playing it on the switch just on portable mode no issues at all oh yeah five dollar it's probably like with 50 megs it, maybe I don't uh, yeah, very, very lightweight i don't look at this file size of things on my switch i just throw it all on but the sd card and move on i also think for the nintendo switch is it only on the switch I don't know if it's only on the Switch. That's just the only place I've seen it. I think it's only on the Switch because that's the only place I've seen it. This is a very... It may be on PC, but... Comico itself looks and sounds like a very inexpensive like gateway game for new Switch owners. Yeah. Especially if you're looking for a new game to play. $5. Easy drop in the hat for most people nowadays. Yeah, it's only on the Switch. Okay, and it... Funny enough, uh, Metacritic has it at 74% and uh, Switch player has it at 4.4 out of 5. Good deal. Sound, the I game mean, sounds very simple and very good. Like for $5, you shouldn't go in expecting like world changing stuff. But no, but you do have different. Uh, like this is a picture actually of one of the boss encounters. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're getting a bunch of stuff shot all over the map and you've got to dodge those, cause that thing to jump on different points to trigger things so you can. So it does require movement and actual skill it's like for people it's like a your little top-down adventure game like maybe akin to legend of zelda or like very similar to hyperlight drifter back from 2016 well i would um, say it's closer to a hyperlight drifter than legend of zelda okay. because you're not gathering like items to be able to solve puzzles and whatnot you're solving puzzles with what you already have okay um now i will say though um it can be punishing like you only get so many hits before you're dead okay so I which mean, is good i mean it's in the case of a game like that it would be you're similar to hyperlight same there um with the games there but no look yeah. the game looks cool i do like the art style as well yeah so um, here's actually a picture of the some of the maidens you can choose yeah you have big sword chick 
archer chick or short sword and shield. Okay, and you, you generic, yeah. generic, but general lineup for a game like that. Like I said, it's a five dollar game. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure there may be to other people better indie titles out there, but it's been a lot of fun. Well, it's Rocket Punch game of the year, not yeah. other people's game of the year. All so, I know is these boss fights are fun, though. That's good, and then especially if they're fun, that speaks to good game design. And there's um, teleportation mechanics. There's all kinds of stuff. Okay. Very good. I definitely have to, I don't know why for five bucks. I don't know why I haven't played it yet. I don't have to pick it up. I got a, I got the memory card. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You finally got some digital uh, archival I got, space. Got enough space on my Switch now. I can download that. But definitely have to check that out, especially if it's on our list here. We put it on. But anything else for Comic Con? No, like I said, uh, I think it belongs on the list. I don't think it belongs on the top three though. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Um. So Hellblade. Next game. Yep, Hellblade. Yeah. About, what have we already not said about this game? Well, the big thing is that we we want to try and treat these as standalone episodes. So we definitely want to... It may sound redundant for us, but for many people, they may not have listened to everyone. But. So let me go ahead and list the thing, reasons why you should care about this game. Um, they actually interviewed uh, different uh, people with... Uh, what was the mental issue? Um, just mental psychosis, illness. Or different mental illnesses yeah. and psychosis. and all this. Psychosis is one of them. It's one of the yeah. big prevalent things in the game. Um, they actually had psychiatrists involved as well. Um, so you actually can experience what it's like to have those voices in your head telling you what to do and what not to do. And just hearing things is like, no, don't do that. Don't trust them. You're going to die. I mean, have you played a little bit more? Yeah. Okay, it, it gets deep. <laughs> it gets crazy. Not only that, there are some moments where it's like, oh, I'm tripping on acid. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you, when, you, when you're done and you realize that some a lot of that stuff is things that people live with yeah like they like you said they went out and they talked to um i can't remember i think it's like welcome well w-e-l-l-c-o-m-e welcome it's a company mm-hmm. in um london and britain that specializes in mental health and stuff like that they went and uh, found some of the doctors there they were able to keep one of the doctors more or less for lack of a better term keep them on a retainer and he actually helped throughout the entire game's life cycle uh, they constantly interviewed people. I think whenever they had um, gameplay sessions for different builds, they would call those people with mental illnesses in, and they would actually play through the game while they're watching to kind of get a feel like is this something? Is this does this feel right from what you've experienced or what you are experiencing? Gotcha. And to get more feedback that way, but I, you know, we we've talked like you said, we've talked about it in mass, but the. The detail that Ninja Theory, the developers of this game, went into to make this mental illness part of the game so prevalent, like it definitely shows that this was not just some like whim. This wasn't done on a whim or thrown in there to say, "Oh, this is a a great new feature for a game." You know, with mental illness and psychosis, you get to deal with that. It was much more. It was more showing off what people actually have to deal with in their lives. Most definitely. And and, and telling the story of Senua and really Ninja Theory itself, you know, as an as an indie dev, really stepped up to on their own funds and their own money, really show, hey, look, we are serious about telling the story, but more importantly, we're really serious about showing off what these mental illnesses mean and how they're seen. You've never seen this in a game before. And so, definitely applaud them for that. Um, we've talked about, my opinion, great game design all across that game is wonderful. 
from some of the puzzles you have to solve and kind of, again, weaving in that mental illness into the puzzles for like from the puzzles, from the navigation and the explore exploration to the combat, everything is weaved around that one big message of mental health. And you really feel and understand that you are in her mind and you're, you're feeling what she has to feel with. And I've said in other episodes before, Mm -hmm. you have to play this game with headphones. Yes, no, it, that is mandatory. There is no jokes, ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're playing this game without headphones, you are doing yourself a grave disservice. Yeah, most definitely. It really draws in, and that's not a, not many few games you could say that for. Yeah, it, no, you're right. Like you got to play with headphones. You got to play that. Uh, it's on, it's on a short list for me, but other than that, game presentation. I mean, you. I know what my thoughts are. I'm curious what yours are. Like you wouldn't. You look at this game, and if nobody told you, it would be very, very hard-pressed to tell that this was an indie game. Yeah, no, the only real clues you get are like just general art style and how much detail they're able to put into the art. Yep. Um, other than that, there's very little to let you know otherwise. I mean, like the, the game itself, Senua, even though for the majority of the time she really is the only character on there, but like all of the other... Enemies you face, the world, extremely detailed. Like, in, I don't think we talked about this before, but this is one of the driving missions for Ninja Theory in making Hellblade was that they wanted to bring the AA game space back. Yeah. They wanted to build a game that felt like a AAA game but didn't have necessarily cost as much as a AAA game. And I think that they... I, I really think they nailed it out of the park with everything they did with this game. I mean, it was longer than I expected it to be. And I didn't, I know I expected it to be a pretty short encounter and be a couple of hours, but I think roundabout playtime for me was about eight to 12 hours. Really? Eight to 12? Uh, now, granted, I picked at it day gotcha. in, day out um, and kind of so walked around a little bit. So you didn't give it a full proper, like, sit down then? No, I, I didn't do like a single full, like, head, head down playthrough of the game. But um, it, was just wonderful. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else. And I think that Hellblade really nailed their vision on what they were trying to do in making, working to create that space. I mean, they hit budget. I think they were in the black nine months. That's good. As opposed to a year, like they beat their schedule as far as sales for the game. Good. It sold really well. Um, and I think that their promotion and everything was really, really well done for Hellblade. Good deal. Um, any thoughts on Hellblade? No, it's definitely a phenomenal game. The audio design is on point. I did talk about the audio design. Yeah, yeah most of just because the effects you hear. Um, soundtrack isn't necessarily the best soundtrack I've ever heard, um, but it does do its job as far as getting the emotion across on the screen. I don't even know. Is there a soundtrack in this game more well, per se? Like I, I would say, like you have like subtle sounds in the background to kind of help push you forward, and it's more just like general audio design. I don't know if I would say there's like a legit like a full orchestrated soundtrack. Yeah, when well, no, I wouldn't say that. Either. But yeah, I, I agree. Your audio design for Hellblade was top notch. Top notch. Yeah, was definitely um, definitely a game worth playing. And if you don't own it already, uh, I don't know what you're doing or what you're smoking. You need to go buy this game. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. It's great. But we'll definitely have to see if it is worthy of best indie award for, for Rock Punch. Since we've got three more, the next one on the list, Little Nightmares. 
Now, you played this thing through essentially in one sitting. Yes! You... <laughs> on a stream, actually. It's archived. On you can go watch it on Rocket Punch, uh, uh, Twitch channel, Rocket Punch Live. It should be either on Twitch or it should be on YouTube. One of the two. I'm pretty sure it's on there. But we did. We played it for Halloween. It was a game that I had, and I really wanted to play. It looked really interesting, um, but I really did not get a chance to play it. So I decided, hey, I'm going to play it on stream now for people who don't know usually our streams tend to be about two hours long Mm -hmm. we went extra long that night and had like a three hour stream and man that was one in my opinion one of the best streams we've done um one of the great picks that we got if for people who don't know what little light mirrors is an indie game from tarzir studios uh if you've seen the images of the little kid and the um raincoat Mm-hmm. little yellow raincoat jacket as he's walking through and there are these like horribly grotesque monster-ish people running around trying to take capture him and take him alive or eat him or what I don't know what they're trying to do oh no um, um didn't you hear they is hungry oh yeah they did try to eat him they actually succeeded a couple times but Little Nightmares was a very big treat for me. Something I did not expect that I would like as much as I, I did. I hear it was a treat for some of those people, too. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it. If you've played... I think you'd agree. If, if you've played Inside or Limbo, mm-hmm. you will be right at home with this game. Uh, now, granted, it... Limbo's a little bit more 2D-esque. Uh, this is way more 3D, a lot of detail. Uh but the the game was like the mood they were trying to set felt very disturbing okay to me in a good way like the we played it for Halloween so we expect a little bit of scariness but the going in and playing the game and kind of how the tone was a little bit like it wasn't necessarily scary but unnerving you're walking around on the ship as like, i guess this i guess we'll call it a ship as this kid you're trying to escape but there are these people there like very obese very grotesque people like i think one of the first bosses has these unusually like long arms and you're trying to sneak around him and i remember going through that first part and like you're he find if he finds you he's coming for you and he'll reach in the vents sneak around like he'll he'll start like you think you're you've escaped but all of a sudden this hand comes up and he's reaching through the vents trying to grab you and you're like oh my god go run get out of here he's like you're mine little boy <laughs> exactly and actually that ended that was a very strong ending to that particular boss fight but there's that one there are the chefs in the kitchen that are coming for you and trying to put them trying to grab you and put them on put you on the table to cut you up. Oh, I mean, you're not you're not a fan of that? No, I, I I loved it. It was just it was No, I mean, you're not a fan of being cut up. Yeah, no, you know, not a fan at all of being cut up. Mm. And really the whole thing is you like it very much like limbo or inside like i said earlier as far as like the platforming and going through you're solving puzzles but while you're solving these puzzles you're also doing your best best to avoid being these, killed and eaten yeah by these whatever these things are on the ship and the story i'd be like like i said the story for a single playthrough is extremely quick three hours on a stream and I was done with the game. And that's from literally from the start of the game to the end of the game, roughly three to four hours, if depending on your playtime and how you play. 
but I was really impressed. I was excited to play the game, but I wasn't didn't know it was going to draw me in that much. And like we we had people sitting in, like, no, don't cut it off yet. I'm like, no, we're gonna keep going. I think we're near the end. I think we're near the end. It, the end came faster than I expected it to. Um, okay. The, the, even the ending itself, though, was very like you, I know you you came in on the tail end of the stream. Yeah, it did. Uh, just cause work. Yeah. It. Um. I, I'm talking. I feel like talking about this game a lot. Like, what do you? What were your thoughts? Like coming in on the tail end of that, because you you caught about the last probably third of the stream. Like, what were your thoughts on the game? I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> it was just like constant, just weirdness, and not that that's a bad thing. It was just like I'm I missed the setup for it, so I was just literally like, "Dude, why are these people that hungry that they're going to resort to cannibalism? What's going on here?" Exactly. It's it's never. There's no dialogue. Just like just like inside, there's no dialogue. You go in, you you go through, you go to the end of this game, and you, there's this. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you. So there's this crazy ending that you're just like, what just happened? I think we were all sitting there in the stream, like, what is going on? What did we just watch? It's like I'm out. Y'all can keep this. <laughs> and but the game was, re- I think, really something special. I was really glad that I was able to play it last year. And get a chance to get my hands on it. It came out, I think, early last year, but mm. was really, really awesome. Had a great chance. Like, it, if you like Inside, if you like Limbo, this is a game you need to play 100%. I think it's $19.99, very inexpensive. You, an after, a Saturday afternoon, if you set aside three hours, you can get through it. The puzzles themselves are well done. Very, like, there were some puzzles I was really having to think, like, man, how am I going to get around this? Um, the gameplay itself is very simple to pick up as far as jumping and whatnot. I liked uh, game details and game design. I liked the fact that you had for like darker areas, you had a, um, you didn't have a flashlight or anything. You had the lighter mm-hmm. and you would turn the lighter on and you would get a little bit of light there, but you could use it to light lanterns and that's how you save the game. Interesting. So they use a lantern mechanic. Yep. That's how you save. you'd find lanterns in the world and you would light it to save your game there. And that would be your checkpoint. So if you died, that's where you would wake up. Okay. But um, mm-hmm. Little Nightmares was a treat. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, one of my, it's on this list of six, but me personally, one of my favorite indie games of the year, possibly in a good long while. All right. Definitely. I really good. had fun with it. You did have fun on that playthrough because uh, I just saw your reaction to a lot of the stuff and it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, what? And you caught it after like two hours of playing this game and then you're like, whoa, this game's cool. Um, anything you, else you have to add? I know you watched a little bit of it. You haven't had a chance to play Little Nightmares yet, but anything else? No, you can... I, no it, it's a cool concept. Uh, we need more games like this. I agree. There's nothing wrong with a short single player experience. As long as it's you know reasonably priced and you know reasonably paced, there's no issue there. Just definitely, definitely agree. Next game up on the list is Sonic Mania. Oh boy! Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Um, oh boy is right. It, people may feel like Sonic Mania. No, 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 Sega made this game. Like I have to go like timeout, timeout, timeout. No, 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 no. Sega made Sonic Forces. Which is a dumpster fire. <laughs> exactly. It Sega helped publish, I think they helped publish it and at least offer the brand yeah, name. license and all that. And the license for the game. But the developers of Sonic Mania are actually a group, Pagoda West Games and Headcanon. 
Those are the, um, I think uh, the director, Christian Whitehead, I think he's kind yeah. of on his own. Those are the people that are actually working to bring Sonic Mania to life. Now, if you don't know, for some weird reason, don't know about Sonic Mania, what basically happened with this game is that um, I think Christian Whitehead or a couple of people, they tooled around and kind of built this kind of fan project for Sonic. And it went over so well that Sega actually reached out to them. It's like, hey, how would you actually like to make this a real game? Like, a, Yes, make an official Sonic game doing this, doing exactly what you're doing. And they said, yep, but let's do it. And has probably brought one of the best Sonic games in a long time. The best Sonic game since the early 90s. Funny enough, it follows the trend of the early '90s games. Yes. I mean, if, if before you... they went 3D and ruined the franchise, <laughs> you know, I, I like Sonic Adventure. Well, that's the only good 3D Sonic game I've ever played. Yeah, the, some of the other ones. There was a goofy at times, and the animations were awful. But and then wait, there was like that one where you're like boarding through the city is like shadow. It's just weird running around at the speed of sound. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking like the Shadow of the Hedgehog game. Oh, oh I didn't play weird. the Shadow of the Hedgehog game. Yeah. I did not play that one. But regardless, Sonic Mania was just a lovely treat of a game this year. Um, if I, I like Sonic. I'm not the no, hugest you Sonic said, fan. You said Sonic wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, not, don't, don't, bring this, don't bring that meme up here. It... But I really do have fond memories of playing the original, like Sonic One, Two, and Three, on mm-hmm. the um, the Sega Genesis. I hate, hate, hate the um, the factory level with the water. Everyone hates that level. God, it's horrible. No yeah. one actually enjoys that level. Some just tolerate it better than others. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Actually, but no, I I, I had a, a lot of fun. I mean, this really. This feels like it. I mean, the looks, feels, acts like this game could have, should have came out back in the '90s, and it would fit right at home. Yeah, except unlike Star Fox Two, it actually looks good when it came out. Oh yeah, it looks good. It sounds good. It is. It sticks very much to its tra- traditional roots, and it really, for a franchise that has, for all intents and purposes, been struggling for a good long time, this really brought it back to the forefront to the conversation. A franchise that quote unquote struggles when look at their Twitter and they just lean so hard into it. It don't matter. Look, man, that means that they have some very awesome guy at PR that's leaning into that Twitter account. That has nothing to do with Sega. Like it's not the devs. The devs are working on Sonic forces, you know, for again, (laughs) also known as dumpster fire, (laughs) but no, the video game I had, I had a lot of, lot of fun with Sonic mania. Really? The nostalgia factor was up on 11 on that game. Like, what did you think oh, about Sonic Mania? No, the game was a freaking blast, man. The sound was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very responsive. It felt like Sonic was back in uh, full Sonic form. I don't care what anybody says. It is Sonic, not Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it is. It's enjoyable. I got it on the Switch, so being able to roll around at the speed of sound, no matter where I'm at, was awesome. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and it. I also got it on the Nintendo Switch, but they had it for PS4, Xbox, PC. It was all over the place. And you could play a Sonic. You could play as Knuckles. You could play as Tails. As a 90s kid, who would have thought that one day you'd be able to have your Sonic game on a Nintendo? Didn't they? Oh, man. Because back would've... then, that was a fierce rivalry. Uh, back then, that would have been blasphemy. Like, you would have been like, <laughs> you can't believe the Nintendo fanboys. You can't do this. This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. It, it, Heads it, would it, have literally exploded. <laughs> yeah, no, they would have. It, but it, unfortunately, now people have grown. We've understood that. Hey, look, 
Games are games. It, it's okay. We understand that uh, you know Sega can't actually make a good console, so we'll just make guess, a game yeah, and put it on the other consoles. That's also a big one is that they don't make consoles anymore. But no, Sonic was really great. I mean, if you've played those games in the past, basically this this is that is the past reinvented and I, brought back in. I would say even better. It's a love letter to the past golden age of Sonic. I'd agree. Yeah, especially the the ones that everybody remembers fondly, and they, I think they added a couple of new tweaks. What was really cool, though, was that um, Pagoda West, Head Cannon, Christian Whitehead, they didn't just kind of remake some of those levels. There are a couple of levels from back then, but they oh, so many new levels. I think the the whole like casino-esque level was totally different. The one that I'm on, which I still remember, uh, Air Battery. It's like the fourth or fifth level where you're in the air is really, really cool. Even the boss battles are really much, in my opinion, much more fun than they were Back, back then. Back then. Yeah. Um, like, I re- remember you're in the, I mean, the trash compactor with, um, oh, what's his, with Dr. Eggman. And then you're playing this, you, you basically, maybe potential spoilers for this level, I don't know, just kind of heads up. You fall in to the trash compactor and you end up in this Tetris-esque level game with Eggman with these little orbs you're trying to, con- oh, no, it's not in, it's not in that level. It's in the um, the water level, the factory. And you're you're having to play this Tetris game with him um, to beat him. That's basically the boss fight. It was yeah. really something cool and something I didn't expect. But it, all of the boss fights when you're fighting all of the kind of robot masters, I guess I don't know what they're called, um, were really something cool, really fun. But I mean, it generally, I can't think of much to say. Other, I mean, it's Sonic. It's traditional '90s Sonic, the way you remember him, that 2D classic Sonic feel. That's exactly what they brought in here, kind of bringing it into 2017 with new maps, new levels, a few new game design tweaks. But other than that, it feels and plays and acts just like a 2D Sonic. And I think that was something that for for Sonic fans, it's what they wanted. Yeah, uh, I could definitely agree. Or heck, even non-Sonic fans that just remember the '90s and miss the games from that time frame can yeah. sit back and enjoy this. Most definitely, grab a chili dog, dude. Sit back. Yeah, all you need is a gut buster. Actually, around here we can go to Toy Box Bistro oh, and get one. We need to get that. Actually, we need to go to Toy Box soon. Yeah, that sounds really, really good. Yeah, and we're not <laughs> we're not advertising. They're just that good. They're just very delicious. They're very awesome people. But no, um, Sonic Mania was really good. I mean, anything. You want to add to the Sonic Mania conversation? No, go buy the damn game. It's like twenty bucks. Yeah, it's, it's not even a sixty dollars release. The best indie is like most of these games are. I actually think every game on this list is not a full price sixty dollars game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a lesser game. No, it's great. I had a lot of fun with the new Sonic game. I, I did as well. I'm sorry, Sonic game. Oh, I gotta correct myself. You and Sonic. Oh my god. Look, if I'm not making you cringe, it's not a rocket punch episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I guess I'll, I'll go with you on that. We'll go with you on that one. Look, do I need to bring Doken Battle up? <sighs> oh man, you were doing so good. God, I'm, uh, course correct, course correct. <laughs> um, next game up on the list is What Remains of Edith Finch. Hmm. Now I feel, I feel slightly bad, but not really. Eh, I don't because. I'm this is a as a rocket punch first. I actually have not played this game. Have not I had a chance either. to play this game. Uh I wanted to play this game. This was a game on my radar, but I think with all the other onslaught of games that came through this year, I never got a chance to play this game. 
let's see. Holy Jesus 2017. Oh my God. What are you doing to my wallet? I think yeah. that about describes all the games this year. And I've, critically, this game has done very, very well. Give a quick synopsis. What Remains of Edith Finch is just a collection of short stories about a cursed family in Washington State. Um, each offers each story offers a chance to experience the life of a different family member with stories ranging from the early 1900s to the present day. So uh, the premise itself was really, really cool. I just never got around to getting a chance to play this. And I feel kind of bad because we put it on the list. I'm like, yeah, we're going to play it, but I just never got a chance to do it. This game made it onto the list based on just on its own acclaim from the fans. Most definitely. So it's like, look, we neither of us have had a chance to play it, but it is apparently good enough that it's got a following in the community. Most definitely. And play it at your own uh, discretion. But honestly, if it's if it's that well uh, sought after, maybe it should be worth a shot. Yeah, most definitely. It. I'm also. Uh, b- b- that's all. That was quick. That's it. That's Ethan Finch. That was super fast. Yeah. It, since we have time, I did want to take. A minute to acknowledge an indie game that I played this year. Can't you can acknowledge as well, Will, if you want, or a game of your choosing as well, because we got a little extra time. But okay, per our Rocket Punch guidelines and rules, could not put it on the list. Okay, but I thought it was for best indie. Hang on, I know what it is. You know exactly what it is. It is Astro (laughs) Near. Oh my God, I love Astroneer. Hey guys, I, let, let me do this for you, all right? Imagine No Man's Sky, but better, and it costs less and is still in alpha. It is third person. It's Yeah, it is actually in official alpha. It's not pre-alpha. It's official alpha now. Right. Um, it's been in alpha all through 2017. This... It's not even a fully released game, and it's better than No Man's Sky. Astroneer was something really, really special. Uh, it is something really, really special. They're still being worked on right now, but kind of like No Man's Sky with the world, you basically you're on the planet, you're building, you basically go around finding these resources to build your equipment. Eventually you build your spaceship and you go out in the space and you find out, oh, there are other planets. And then you go go to these other planets, get these different resources and stuff. It's really cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff in Promise with what they're going to be adding in their game, and f- at least from what we've seen, they have generally delivered on it. Look, um, all I know is I need a deathmatch mode, all right? To do what? You don't kill anything in the game. No, no, no. I need deathmatch so I can fight other scientists. That is... What? <laughs> we all get crowbars and we get to fight. <laughs> no, but I, I, I wanted to bring it up just as a touch here. And one of the reasons why it's not on our list is that it is an early access game, and I know Will and I have talked about it. We we don't want to put those games on our game of the year list just on the fact that if something changes, yep, that makes it worse or different, that could impact. Well, it, it let's not even go into that. It's not officially out. It's still in development, so it's not eligible for this list. Most definitely. But it, um, oh good. So I, I no, no finish up. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. So I want to acknowledge a game that I can't nominate because it came out the prior year. Oxenfree. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, it did come out the prior year. It it was on one of our Game of the Year stuff, but you finally get a chance to play it this year. I've played it all the way through twice now. Twice? Wow. Um, Let me put it this way. If you want to see weird stuff happen in a game... And it, so I kind of end up being a sucker for these games, kind of like Firewatch. I get pulled in and I need to know what happens. I'm like, I need to know the story. Now it's not a choice. I need this. 
It's not like it's like breathing. I will finish this. Well, I will. Just, that's just good game design. That means they're no, doing no, no, no. Job that, wrong, I am a junkie for story. That's the problem. <laughs> that dude. Why do we have a lore segment in Warcraft in the Tangent Spank? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So here's the big thing. Island teenagers at night. You think, oh great, another party and people doing things they shouldn't be. They are doing things they shouldn't be, but keep your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the type of game. It's not yeah, the type of game. Not, no, no, not at all. Um, you can see like half of Steam for that. <laughs> That's an understatement. Uh, but yeah, anyway, no, it's actually interesting. It involves um, time manipulation, rewinding things, trying to keep things on certain track, trying to keep your friends alive. I don't want to spoil anything. The game has an awesome story, and you need to play it. If you're a story-based uh, game, it's kind of like a point-and-click adventure, except not really, but your answers to questions do change the outcome. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I had to finish it. I've played it. I was the one who, like, you got to play Oxenfree. It's awesome. Yeah, you told me, and now I'm like, oh, you need to play Oxenfree. <laughs> the crack, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that would be my indie nomination of the year, Yeah, as far as that goes. Okay. At least one you've played, like one of your personal yeah, like, missions. No, from what I've played. Yeah, most definitely. But, like you said, didn't come out this year. So it's not eligible for the list. It is not. But we're done with our nominees for Best Indie. Now comes the fun, delightful part where we first get to determine who is in the winner's circle. Then we get to determine the one ring to rule them all, as we said. So what you're telling me is it's time to go whole hog and murder half of them. You've really been playing a lot of Overwatch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But look, I'm I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Don't be sorry (laughs) for playing too much Overwatch. Look, we were the ones who voted for Overwatch. We were the ones. (laughs) Look, don't make me go junk right on you guys. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So we've got our six nominees. Now we got to whittle them down to three. Let's get started. Who deserves a spot in the winner's circle? Obviously, Hellblade. Good. I'm glad we've come to this easy conclusion. Yeah, Hellblade's got to go in there. I don't... One of the most memorable and best indie experiences that I've had this year, 100%. So, Um, I haven't played any Edith Finch in either of you, so I would say it has to go. Which one? Edith Finch, yeah, yeah, no, Edith Finch, and I hate saying like in in a very quick way. I hate saying that, but I think that Edith Finch does have to go because I don't feel great putting it above other games when we haven't even played it. Yeah. Now that being said, I think Comico also needs to go. (laughs) Why Comico? Now you you've played it. No, I enjoy Comico, but it is not a full featured experience. So there's not a lot of story there. The audio design is very simple. The art is simple. Now it's also a very inexpensive game. For five, okay, you, yeah, it's you five bucks. It's on the Switch. And would, would you the, say that? It's a lot of fun, but I don't think that it's a lot of fun is better in execution than a game like Hellblade, Sonic Mania, or Little Nightmares. Okay. okay. So. Yeah. So, Kami and Edith Finch, easy kills. Hellblade yeah. earns its spot in the Rent Winter Circle. But now we got three games left. No, we're gonna have we're we're gonna have this discussion. We're gonna bump heads because this is a hard one yeah. for me, me personally. We got Cuphead, Little Nightmares, and Sonic Mania left on the board. What are your thoughts? I think Little Nightmares and Sonic Mania go through. And you think Cuphead, okay? And okay. I think Cuphead self destructs at the door. <laughs> well, um, how so? So 
uh, again, uh, my big hang-up with Cuphead is the art style. The execution of the game, it's solid. It is punishing as Dark Souls. So good, yes. That, but it's also a game that you can get through. I think Little Nightmares is more accessible, but it's an interesting uh, story-based game, but there's a lot of puzzle solving in there. So for me and what I've seen, I would prefer that over that. Okay. Just based off of what I've seen you play of those two games. Yeah. So I know you haven't, I don't think you've played either of those two. No, yeah. I, but I have seen... You've watched them you know, you know what's going on. Now, Sonic Mania... I'm sorry. There's that soundtrack is just too damn good. <laughs> it's too damn good. It's it's a love letter to old Sonic games, and there's just no way I couldn't vote for that over the others. Now that being said, I don't think it's our best game, but I think it deserves to be in the top three. I think so. Um, I, I I definitely agree with Sonic Mania. I think Sonic Mania does need to go get pushed ahead. I think for what those group of indies did to be given the opportunity to make. To make the best Sonic game of the new millennium. Yeah, I mean, yeah, more or less. And they, they could have, pardon the French, half asset, not done as well as they did. Make They could have carbon copied it, maybe like done a couple of tweaks here and there. But I think they really nailed home and did a great job. And bringing that nostalgia factor, bringing that kind of, like you said, love letter from the early 90s for Sonic fans and for people who maybe knew about Sonic but didn't really know about him. I mean, like, hey, it's that dude that was fighting Mario back in the day. And Don't they like, playing the Olympics or something like that? Like, oh. oh, God. <laughs> again, yeah. again, best Sonic game of this millennium. Definitely. And, but I, I, I really enjoy my time with Sonic Mania, and I think it definitely needs to go on the Winter Circle list. And now, I think more than anything, this puts me in a quandary. A little bit because I think these are both amazing games. Oh, I mean, it's indies. on the list, so it's a good game. Um, between Cuphead the Little Nightmares and kind of really teetering on which one goes through into the winner circle. Um, I, I honestly could go either way. With uh, Little Nightmares was just an amazing experience that I did not expect to have. Um, I'm a big fan of Limbo and Night Inside, so kind of jumping in really not, literally going into this game, not understanding what these games do mm -hmm. or what that game was about, uh, and kind of jumping in, I was really, really impressed with it and what it delivered. And it's a quick, like, quick game. Mm -hmm. Three, four hours, you're in and out, you're done. Um, really nothing to um, shake a stick at, but it was a great experience in in of itself. Very memorable. Like I told you, those scenes with these people with the long arms and the big fat dudes, the, I don't know, did you, potential spoilers for Little Nightmares, did you see the scene with the, um, where everyone's at the table and all like this fat no. people are chasing you and it turns into this blob and this blob of people are like rolling and you have to keep running and like jumping over these puzzles. Oh, no, I oh. didn't see that. Oh man, that is some crazy stuff going on there. Um, but then on the other end of the uh, other side of the coin, you have Cuphead, which really that challenge while it, you know, it, it's hard, but really coming in and really providing a great challenge. Like I said, it's not impossible. It's just you have to learn just like a dark souls game, just like a bloodborne game, anything like that. And I've gone on and on like the art style is immaculate. It's great. Really well done for an indie studio. Uh, they in presentation and everything on that game is really bar none. I, I was really, really impressed. It was a game that I was really interested in playing, but, um, 
really having a lot of fun. It was really tough. Getting off that first island alone was very tough. <laughs> but it's one of those games you, you get in and kind of jump in and get used to playing. So, but either way, I could go with either one, Cuphead or Little Nightmares. It, it like it, I can pick either one of these. Either one of these makes great cases, in my opinion, for being our best indie award winner. Cuphead's got the animation, artwork, and everything that went into that game. Soundtrack was wonderfully well done. Something you're, like I said before, something you're not going to see in a game in a long time, if ever. A little nightmares, albeit a small experience, was really just something out of left field. A small game that really nailed home its tone, its mood, played well, played great, and really brought for a three to four hour experience that I was just streaming. Really brought a great story and great gameplay and something very memorable for this year. All right, and so in this particular case, I think I'm more so kind of flippy floppy on it, and I can go either way. So. Kind of tossing the ball back to you, I real I I think I know what you're gonna pick anyway, but what would you like you're leaning what are you leaning more towards? Which one of the two? Personally, I would lean at Little Nightmares. Honestly, just because it's from what I've seen, there's more of a mystery to it. And it's not just like cut and dry, like, hey, it's Cuphead Mugman and we're gonna go uh collect souls for Satan so we don't die. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you and you <clears throat> You playing this game and looking at that, you from your perspective, you're going to lean more towards. You're going to put a little bit more weight on Little Nightmares. Just because that that experience factor. Okay. Then I, That being said, just from deliberations and whatnot, I think kind of the weight, because I can split 50-50 either way, yeah. but between these two, if you're leaning a little bit more towards Little Nightmares, I think by our weighted, kind of <laughs> invisible weighted scores, I think Little Nightmares goes through. Now, I mean, that's not to say that there's not a market for Cuphead because people apparently want a Cuphead version of Dark Souls now. Praise the sun. I saw the image. It's awesome. I would love that. So, look, man, y'all have fun. There's definitely a market for it. People who are masochists will enjoy that game. Okay. Um, I say that half-heartedly and joking. So... (laughs) He always does that all the time. If you want, if you want to light me up on Twitter, that's fine. That's <laughs> gamer. Come at, come at him, come at him. But yeah. um, I um, think Little Nightmares goes through. All right. So then, so the let's, real trick here is the final three. Yeah, let's let's have that discussion as well because now, guys, what we're at, we've got the winner circle here. Our three games that have moved on to the final three are Hellblade, Sinua Sacrifice, Sonic Mania, and Little Nightmares. Here, so now again, as we said, there can be only one, the Highlander of Best Indie. Um, well, yeah, because I was going to say, if you pull Lord of the Rings reference, I'm going to be like, "Where's Mount Doom?" <laughs> no, no, I switched it up on you. But with that being said, what do you what what, what are you aiming for, Will? Well, I can tell you, if uh, Chris was here from uh, Credible Threat Gaming, there would be no contest. <laughs> yeah, there would be no contest. He would definitely be siding with the Sonic Mania crowd and the um, fan base, but he's not part of Rock Punch. We are. No, I know. <laughs> um, so I will definitely say at this point, Sonic Mania is a lot of fun. It is a love letter to a bygone era that, honestly, I'll always look on fondly just because I love the SNES generation, that generation between the Super Nintendo and the Master System or Genesis, whatever continent you're on, it was it was special to me. So I'll always love things that are just kind of call back to that. Now, that being said, I don't think that makes it number one. Okay. Because that game leans into nostalgia so hard. 
It's like, dude, that'd be like if they remastered um, Dragon Ball Z Budokai 1 again. <laughs> I don't know how many times they've done it. Uh, once. Don't, we have fighters coming in. We don't need that anymore. I, I know, but I'm saying, it's like, <laughs> let's take all those Dragon Balls, Dragon Ball games and remaster them because Will will buy them. Yes. <laughs> um, but that is a huge nostalgia lean. So uh, I can't give it to that. Okay. Little Nightmares is cool, but there's a game that I feel is more deserving, and you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Hellblade Sin of a Sacrifice is our indie game of the year just because... I, I know you're gonna pick it. <laughs> it, it. It's hard. What's What's funny enough in my mind process. I'm people have to understand. Listeners here. I'm I'm trying to spread the love as best as I can, not unfairly, but looking at this game, I think Sonic Mania deserves a spot in the winner's circle. But I kind of agree. Like, I don't think it stands up to the next two, um, Little Nightmares and Hellblade. But as much as I loved and enjoyed Little Nightmares, I feel like. <clears throat> Hellblade really was on another level. And maybe that's because Ninja Theory had more access to a lot of stuff or they had a specific game plan and emotion. But there, I think summing it up in just a few sentences here, not going on a huge tangent again, but their goal in making Hellblade was that they wanted a triple-A game. No, a double-A game. They wanted to hit that space. Basically, a triple-A feel for the low, for like a lower, like indie type price and scale because they only had i think at any given time the maximum amount of people on this game were like 20 or 25 total devs on this game well yeah and, and like their video editor was also senua so that should say like the scope she, yeah pulling double duty yeah and i really think that on that premise alone they nailed that part and really like i said you could show this game to somebody who knows nothing about it and they would not even think twice They're like, oh man it must cost a lot of money to make this game like no this well, is an indie studio this is 20-ish people i mean it's still a chunk of change but oh but it's, it's not we're standards. not talking like ea battlefront 2 call of duty like type dropping money. 60 million dollars yeah no, we're not EA talking about anything like that um but yeah i it, i would love to have little nightmares sit on this list but i think i really truly believe that hellblade has to be given the green light for this. I, I think it's kind of crazy, but it wins yet another rocket punch thing. It, it, it's it was, it's a well, great game. No, it's a phenomenal game. Uh, I'm about halfway through it right now. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil shit for anybody. We'll talk off mic about it. It'll yeah, awesome. it's it. So I think we're in agreement. If I had a gavel, I'd bang it. No, you wouldn't. Because I, I would literally hate editing that segment. He would give me a stare because he was like, the audio, Cameron, the audio. But Oh, no, we'd re-record. <laughs> but the rock, official Rocket Punch Game of the Year 2017 Best Indie Award is going to Hellblade Senua Sacrifice. Round of applause. Sorry, Sonic, or Sanic, whatever you are. <laughs> Just remember... Nostalgias are good, but you can't roll on that. He made the winner's circle. That's nothing yeah. to shake a stick at. Remember, we still got Sonic Forces this year. And that was a dumpster fire. Well, I nobody say, ever like, seen yeah. So let's be happy that he at least made the winner's circle here. But Hellblade is our winner, guys. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this episode and to our Game of the Year 2017 coverage as normal. Um, as we said at the top of the show, head over to rocketpunchgo.com. That is where you're going to find this episode in all of our Game of the Year episodes, all the coverage we're doing on those. You can always swing by there and take care of that. 
Um, you all will, loving the episode, loving our deliberations. Stay tuned for more episodes in the feed. Make sure to swing by twitch.tv slash Live each Sunday at 8 p.m. during the month of January. We'll be streaming one of the episodes from our Game of the Year content live with our Twitch viewers. And as well, guys, if you're loving, if you loving our content and want to help support us, patreon.com slash rocketpunch is the way to go to help keep the lights on for us here. But uh, applauds to Ninja Theory and those guys over there. We appreciate their support. And that's it for Best Indie. Um, we're going to move on to the next episode. Uh, again, we're literally like really in the meat in the thick of things for our Game of the Year stuff. So stay oh, tuned, yeah. guys. We're going to have more episodes coming at you very soon. We'll see you next time. <laughs>